Hey friends, we are back and today we're going to be talking about mistakes to avoid when shooting in-home newborn sessions or lifestyle newborn sessions. I love this topic because I assure you, I was not always a very good newborn photographer. I made a lot a lot of mistakes when I first started and I really wanted to share those with you in hopes that you can avoid the mistakes that I made and become a better photographer faster than I did. You might want to grab a notepad and some paper and write down some notes for today. <laughs> so go grab that and let's dig in. Hey photographer mamas, welcome to the Capture the Chaos podcast. Do you wish you could book more newborn and family clients? Do you wish you knew how to find more time to do all the things for your business and still live your best life? Are you looking for that secret sauce to level up your session? I'm Brittany Renee. I've been where you are, friend. For years, I was confused, lost, and I struggled to build a profitable business that didn't suck all my time away from the important things in my life. I finally realized if I was going to scale and become a profitable photographer without sacrificing my family life, I needed a better plan. I've implemented strategies that double my photography clients and gave me the time freedom to do the things I love and have fun doing it. I'm ready to share it all with you. Right now, your business probably feels like confetti on the floor after a birthday session. <laughs> a bit of a mess. Your life is busy, chaotic, and it's filled with joy. If you're ready to build a business that fits into that wonderful life, you're in the right place. Throw in a load of laundry, pour yourself some coffee, pour a glass of wine, I'm not judging, and edit some photos. Let's get ready to grow, mama. I think newborn photography is one of the most challenging genres of photography. It's not like with family photography where you can call up a friend and ask them to meet you in a field at sunset so you can practice shooting. Not only do you have to know a baby, but there is a specific window for the age that the baby needs to be that's optimal for photographing them. There's so many things to know and not an abundance of opportunity to practice. So I wanted to share a few mistakes that I made when I first started photographing newborns. I made a lot of mistakes, so we're just going to keep it at three today. <laughs> the first mistake to avoid is not preparing your clients ahead of time. I like to send prep guides before the newborn session that gives the parents as much information as possible. We do this all the time. They do not do it all the time. So they don't know what to expect. And if we want our sessions to go smoothly, preparing is the best thing that we can do. A few things that I include in my prep guide are having them tidy up areas of the home that I'm going to be shooting in. And I will ask them to send me photos of like the living room and the bedroom and the nursery. So that way I can decide ahead of time which areas I'm probably going to be using. And that way they don't have to go and clean their whole house. They just had a baby. We don't we don't want to make them clean up their whole house, right? But it is important that it's at least tidied up before we get there. Um, that way we don't have as much work to do and we can just get started shooting. I am still going to go around and take down a few things like an alarm clock or, you know, random chargers and things like that. I'm going to move it around a little bit. But for the most part, I don't need to be cleaning their whole house <laughs> before we start photographing. I'll also give them tips like when to feed baby, which is, I usually like them to feed baby about 30 minutes before I get there. So that way they are full and I can start shooting. And I also want them to keep baby up for about 45 minutes. Uh, 
newborns' wake times aren't very long, so if they're keeping them up for two hours, that's too long. But if they're letting them sleep all morning, then they're probably not going to be sleepy for the newborn session. So I want the baby to be up just for a little bit. That way I have an easier time putting them to sleep. Sometimes I'll also tell them to bump the heat up in the house a little bit, but I also bring a space heater, so that one is not necessary for me anymore like it used to be. Babies don't like being cold, so it's always nice to have a warm space, but then mom and dad are sweating all over the house, and that's not fun either. <laughs> I also send a style guide for in-home newborn sessions and give them lots of different options if they want to go cozy, if they want to go a little bit more dressed up. And then I also give them my number so they can text me to see what I think about their outfit, outfits if they're between one or two different things. If you're running into the same issues every time you go into a house, if every time you go in baby's not fed or mom's not ready or, or whatever the issue is that's happening that is something to put in your prep guide and you want to send your prep guide to them more than one time they are preparing to have a baby and then they have just had a baby their sleep is not great they're tired their brains aren't working properly so you can't just send it one time and expect them to read it you can send it once maybe twice, and then a couple of days before the session, maybe shoot them a text like, hey, did you have any questions about the prep guide? If they didn't read it, that prompts them to go and read it. The second big mistake I made when I first started photographing newborns was not using light properly. Oh boy, this is a big one, right? I used to face the family away from the window. What? <laughs> I guess my thought process was uh, that's what I do outside when I'm taking photos. So that's what I do inside. Uh, that's, I don't love backlit photos. Backlit photos in, in houses are hazy and they're not great. So you want to turn them towards the light. Usually that's going to be your window light if you're not using any flashes or strobes. I also go around and turn off overhead lights and lamps because it has a strange orange weird light that casts onto the family uh, weird under eye shadows and things like that that we just generally want to avoid i also open up every blinds that i can possibly open so that way i have as much light in the house as possible when i first started i used well i didn't even use window light but then once i figured that out i did start using window light and sometimes it would still be dark i just wasn't hitting what i wanted to and so i started adding lights first types of light I added were continuous lights and they were these really cheap lights from Amazon and they basically they stayed on the whole time um, and they were super nifty they helped me out whenever I was in a darker home that usually would have been just I would have had to bump my ISO up way too high um, and everything would have been really gritty and grainy now I use a strobe and I really I'm not a lover of flash. Okay, I'm a lover of flash, but I'm not a lover of things looking like it was taken with a flash. And I know your first thought when you heard me say that is, oh, I hate flash. I'm a natural light photographer. Okay, let me tell you, you're only a natural light photographer. This is going to be a hard truth, okay? You're only a natural light photographer because you haven't figured out how to use light properly. And I say that because I was you. I was a natural light photographer. I was only a natural light photographer because I was terrified of flash. But then I did it. I was scared, but I learned it. I will not go anywhere without my strobe. 
Now I can walk into the darkest dang house and be like, well, this sucks, but I can make it work because I got my trusty strobe. And if you have seen most of my newborn photography, you probably can't tell that I'm using a flash. So I have a secret. It's not really a secret. It's just a different method of using the strobe and I put it on the opposite side of the window. So that way I'm actually using window light and I'm using the strobe. So I get lots of bright natural light. Now I'm a, I'm a bright and bold photographer, I would say. I'm not moody. I don't really love shadows. If you love shadows, you wouldn't want to do what I do. I want you to learn the rules of light. I want you to learn how you should use light. And then that way, if you want to break light rules, then you can do so with intentional intentionality. Is that a word? I don't know. It is now. Like I said, I don't, you're not really supposed to backlight images in an in-home newborn session, but a backlit image can be beautiful and that's okay. As long as you're doing it with intention and you're not expecting it to be a very like perfectly well-lit image and you're doing it for like emotion. But regardless, I definitely suggest adding light to your in-home newborn sessions. I am going to link the Amazon lights that I started with. They're continuous lights and they're only about 50 to $75. So if you're on a budget, highly recommend. If you have a little bit extra, and I do mean a lot of bit extra money to spend, um, I'll also link my Paul Buff lights that I use. It's a strobe or a flash. Um, and that's, oh my gosh, it is a dream come true. Like I can walk into any home, like I said, and just not be afraid of what I'm going to find because I got my lights. We're good to go. So I'll link those for you. All right. The third mistake I made when I first started photographing newborns was not knowing how to soothe a fussy baby. I mostly just let mom swaddle. I would let mom do all the calming and the soothing and things would just take a really long time. So I learned through my own kids <laughs> how to soothe a newborn. And that was a huge game changer, especially because I have three kids and I'm walking into homes. A lot of times when a parent has just had their first kid, they have no idea what they're doing. Do you remember your first, your first baby? Like you were completely lost, right? <laughs> and then you had your second one. You're like, I got this. But then you're like, wow, they're different than my first one. So I've gone through three of them and I know almost, I can soothe almost any baby that I meet, which is really great. And you'd. I'm not saying you have to have three kids to soothe babies well, but it helped. And also the more you practice with other people's babies, the easier it's going to get. So don't hand that baby off to mom. You do the soothing. A fussy baby is not fun to photograph. It stresses everyone out. You're going to amaze mom if you come in and you can soothe her baby. She might even want to keep you. <laughs> so I use the 5S roll. And if you had a baby who would not sleep, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's shush, swaddle, side, swing, and suck. Before I start, I make sure baby is in a clean diaper because I don't want to have to unwrap baby to change their dirty diaper. And babies generally don't like getting their diaper changed. I also have a white noise on my phone. It's called white noise. And I just turn that on while I swaddle the baby up. It, it works as the shush part of this. I really believe that most babies love to be swaddled. I've only met one or two who really truly seem to be mad when they are swaddled. So parents are like, oh, my baby doesn't like to be swaddled. I'm like, mm, let's see about that. But then sometimes they're actually right. Not often though. <laughs> 
Some are going to fight it because they don't like being laid flat. If you're taller, you can lay them across your knees, like sit down and prop your knees up and you can lay them across your knees so that they're not laying flat. I'm too short for this, so I have to lay them on the bed. And then once they're swaddled, ideally, I don't want to pick them up if I don't have to. So I'm going to lay them on their side and pat their back or their booty different babies like different things so start with the booty or the back and if they aren't calming down with it then move to the booty or switch whatever you were doing if a baby uses a pacifier i'll give them one but if they don't that's totally fine if after a minute or so they aren't starting to calm down then i'm going to resort to picking them up and rocking them and patting them until they fall asleep then i'm going to slowly put them on the bed and continue to pat until they seem like they're fully out I keep the white noise machine on for the entirety of the session and then I'll just like tuck it behind them if it's just photos of the baby um, or I'll put it in my pocket if we're doing photos of mom and dad. It can be a super slow process uh, soothing a baby but you got to have patience and move slowly. Once you get that baby to sleep things are just going to fly through and that's great but if you don't take the time to get them soothed it's just it's going to be stressful. If the soothing that I'm doing is not working and then I'm going to ask mom if the baby seems hungry. There's only so many things that babies need. They need to sleep, they need to poop, and they need to eat. <laughs> if their diaper is clean and they won't sleep, it's probably because they're hungry. And occasionally there will be parents who don't want to feed the baby because it's not time for the baby to eat. They just ate right before you got there. But I always let them know that the wrapping, the moving, the heater, and all those things tend to make baby burn more calories and might even stress them out a little bit. And so they might be hungrier than they usually are. And that's totally fine. Like don't expect them to follow their regular schedule today. Pick it back up tomorrow. I also like to bring a space heater to my newborn sessions. Babies love to be warm and snuggly and they don't like to be cold. So having that space heater really helps get them nice and sleepy and it makes for a super smooth newborn session especially if you don't want to swaddle the baby up i know some people don't love that look of the swaddled baby so if sometimes i even will not swaddle a baby for some photos because you can really see just like how all of their features the space heater really helps in this situation because it keeps them warm and what i do whenever i'm trying to sue the baby who's not swaddled is i do the exact same thing without the swaddle. <laughs> I'll put my hands on their feet to kind of make them feel like they're constricted and with the other hand I'll pat their booty and if I have to I'll get mom in there to help pat and if we need extra hands going on. So you use the same exact method that you would if they're swaddled when they're unswaddled. So those are my three handy dandy tips for what not to do and how to fix them, I guess, when you walk into an in-home newborn session. If you have any question about any of these things that I mentioned, or if I didn't explain something and you want me to go a little bit deeper, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram, and I would love to chat with you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode or hear any questions you might have. Drop me a DM on Instagram at Renee underscore photo. That's B-R-I-T-T-N-I-E-R-E-N-E-E underscore P-H-O-T-O. If you haven't already, be sure to join the free Facebook group for photographers. That's bit.ly slash captures of chaos SB. And lastly, it would help me out so much if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help boost ratings so that I can reach other photographers who need a friend in the community just like you. Again, thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.